so strong and two yards to get. He's the best player on the field, and you don't give him the football. There he is. You've got a guy that's been borderline unstoppable in this part of the field. I can't believe the call. Just run the ball with Cam Obachowski and Tom Hines. What's going on, everybody? We're coming at you after the trade deadline here for the NFL season. So going into week nine, we do have some trades. A lot of the big ones we had already talked about, one of the biggest ones, you know, McCaffrey to the 49ers and some other ones before then. But we are going to take a look at anything that you might have seen, might have missed on that trade deadline day because there were some big names. Some of them are currently playing. Some of them have been suspended all year, but we're going to touch upon all of them. So for fantasy, very important. A lot of these names moving around, how they affect other guys. So we'll mostly dive into the offense just for fantasy purposes. That's what we want to look at, you know, how that affects the individual player and the other players on the team. So starting off, we got Tom Hines's boy, TJ Hawkinson, TJ Hawkinson, However you want to say it, he is now on the Vikings. So he went from the Lions to the Vikings. And we're going to kind of talk about, you know, if we think this is an upgrade or downgrade for the player, kind of the the other guys on the team. But how are you feeling about him on the Vikings now? Yeah, I think it's relatively the same. I think the Vikings have a better or a better offense just in general. I know that like, the Lions are averaging 38 points at home, but I'm still convinced that's not like maintainable. So I think it's going to be about the same for for Hokinson. What I'm we're actually worried more worried about is Justin Jefferson. I don't know how many targets he's uh, going to lose, if any, now that Hokinson is going to be part of the offense. So I'm a little nervous for Justin Jefferson, but I think Hokinson will be okay. Oh, let's go. You are saying Hokinson. <laughs> Yeah, I did it Let's once. Go. Yeah, it. bringing up all the time. Like, yeah, I got it. Not say I, I, I do kind. Of, I do kind of uh, question it every time. I, I think I say Hokinson more often. I kind of like Hokinson better, but yeah, I, um, I agree. I'm putting this as pretty much the same value. I think going back to the Kyle Rudolph days, he was a big red zone threat, kind of short yardage threat. That's what they use Irv Smith as. TJ Hawkinson's obviously better than Irv Smith, so I think he he has more value, but he was pretty much the number two on the Lions, and I think this offense is going to be better, and or at least score more. I, I know that the Lions were very explosive to start the year, but I think, I think Hawkinson plays a good position here, but I do agree the only thing that makes me a little sketchy about it is just Kirk Cousins inconsistencies so if he's targeting Hawkinson more in a certain game you know say they're down and he's like I need some some short yardage plays you know a big guy in the end zone that could be tough for Jefferson so Jefferson's obviously a stud you're going to start him no matter what but I do think it is something to watch because he's obviously a lot better than who he was competing with before you know and the goat Irv Smith yeah. Jr. And I have the uh, some stats here. So the so Kirk Cousins is thirtieth in QBR and thirty third in yards per attempt when targeting targeting a tight end this season. 
And I, wow. 33rd out of the 32 starting teams is pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there are 33 qualified quarterbacks, and he's dead last in yards per attempt when targeting a tight end. Wow. And there's some bad quarterbacks this year. Yep. Yeah. So That's crazy. Hopefully that was due to uh, Irv Smith and not uh, due to just like Kirk Cousins hating tight ends. But I guess we'll find mm-hmm. out when uh, Hawkinson gets over there. Yeah, that that is interesting. So kind of, you know, like you said, it, it could be good for one, bad for the other. But yeah, I, I think he is pretty much, you know, same thing. I would say top top eight potential that you could expect from Hawkinson. And another big one on offense. So Chase Claypool seemed like some teams were shopping around, but not really a huge name. There was Jerry Judy was one um, and Brandon Cooks, another that were really at the forefront that did not end up getting treated. But Claypool still still a pretty big acquisition. So he is going to the Bears and he will be going with Justin Fields. I know this is weirdly enough, kind of an up and coming offense where you wouldn't really think that, but we've seen, so we've seen Justin Fields turn into a top 12 quarterback. Currently he is a top 12 quarterback. Will he finish the rest of the season that way? We will see. He does have some soft matchups coming up with Detroit, Miami. So he has very good potential there with his rushing potential. I really like this one of Claypool going going to the Bears. I think it's an upgrade for him. I think he is the unquestioned number one. He's going to push back Darnell Mooney. I think he's better than Darnell Mooney. So I really like this because I think the offense is going to open up. I am not super confident in playing him in fantasy, but I think it's an upgrade. And I, I would be curious to see where he gets drafted next year once we see this offense add more pieces. Yeah, I'm not entirely convinced that the Bears' offense is actually good. I'm not sure why they went from just like being probably one of the worst offenses in the league to being decent. But I'm not so convinced that this is going to turn them around. And I'm also not convinced that Claypool is is was being limited, I guess, by the Steelers. I think he has a lot to work on as far as his skill and his route running. So I don't know if he's going to get a lot more fantasy points on the bears than he did with the Steelers. Yeah. It's uh it's tough. Cause both of them, both of these offenses were really bad. I'm just taking the bears slightly more because I think they can at least establish the run game, even though surprisingly the Steelers have who you would think is a better running back, but Montgomery has been solid. Khalil Herbert has really stepped up. And Fields running the ball has really opened up opportunities. So I think Fields needs a true number one. I do not think it's Darnell Mooney, but you bring Chase Claypool, who who has had that big play potential with Ben Roethlisberger, who, he's, who we saw towards the end of his career was not a very good quarterback. So I just I like the running on this offense. So I think you stick a big guy downfield. I could see him having at least more potential for bigger games, even if he's not consistent yet. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I think I'm going to have to wait on this one before I give a definite. I have it down as the same right now. I'm not actually, I know he wasn't doing great, but let me check the exact numbers he's averaging right now. So he's averaging 9.8 points for fantasy. 9.8, yep. 
so he had he had one good week and then also one week of with zero which is never a good sign yeah he's really I only had two two good weeks 12 12.5 23.4 and you know one really wow week but there's there's not a lot of touchdowns on that team so i think that's going to depend too if the bears will keep scoring touchdowns yeah. yeah and i'm looking at the schedule now so his first week there they played the dolphins which is going to be i think a very rough game for him would not recommend starting him after that, they played the Lions, the Falcons, and the Jets. Yeah, that's um, pretty good. So two two weak defenses and one medium defense. I think definitely that if he's going to have a time to do good, it's going to be one of those three weeks because I'm looking at the teams after that, and it's the Packers, the Eagles, the Bills, the Lions game, which is easy, and then the Vikings. So a lot of tough defenses after that. So if he's going to get some value, it's got to be within uh, weeks 10 to 12. Yeah. So he'll be an interesting one to monitor. And moving on to probably the most interesting one that no one could have guessed. Calvin Ridley was moved to the Jags. So obviously suspended for the entire year. He will not be played in fantasy. But moving right ahead to next year, are you putting this as an upgrade or downgrade for Ridley? Yeah, uh, this is definitely an upgrade for me. Um, I think... Trevor Lawrence is becoming better, not at the rate people thought he would, but I actually do think he is playing better this year than he was last year. So I think next year, by the time, I think really doesn't play till next year, right? I don't think. Yeah, he does, yeah, he but, doesn't play until next year. Yeah, and also yeah. we'll see if uh, Trevor Lawrence will do the same thing and have five good games and then go back to uh, who he really is. Yeah, back to being terrible. I think that next year Trevor Lawrence is going to be a pretty consistent, decent quarterback. I'm not going to say he's like, he's going to be like great or something, but he's going to be decent. And I think Calvin Ridley is going to be able to just get more volume out of it than he, than he would with the Falcons. Cause he hasn't played with Mariota. I mean, he stopped playing when Matt Ryan left. So I'm not even sure his value on the, what his value on the Falcons would be now. So it's tough to say for sure, for sure what this is for Calvin Ridley, but I think it's an upgrade. Yeah, I just my my thing with this is I feel like the Jags. I'm surprised too. You didn't even uh, bring up your boy Christian Kirk because he's he got paid. They have you know Laviska, Chanel, Marvin Jones. Like I just feel like there's a bunch of wide receivers where I I think he would be the one, but that's just where where I'm hesitating. Where if he's not the one on the team, he's not he's not going to be very good. Uh, Zay Jones too, like he's kind of emerged. So I'm just worried he hasn't. He hasn't played organized football in a year. He didn't play for 70% of the season before, had some you know mental health issues, and then decided to fix that by betting against his team. And he, he just hasn't seen the field. So my worry is if ETN's the guy, their run is established, and the ball's spread around. We've seen the Chiefs. If you have the right guy and you play him the right week, it's great. But you just don't know when that'll be. So... I think Ridley's a good player, but I I don't know if he's that much better than Christian Kirk or, you know, the other guys on the team. So I'm just a little hesitant because I don't know if he's a lock for that number one role. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. He does have a lot to compete with where on the Falcons, he really didn't have that much to compete with. I think he was his main competition was what Julio Jones, and then he got traded away. So it was yeah. just Calvin Ridley for a year. Mm hmm. And Matt yes, Ryan, I, I know we make jokes, or I'll make more jokes about him being terrible now, but he was a good passer 
on the Falcons when, you know, Ridley was there. Yeah, for sure. I, I think he was probably at that point a top 15 passer because the, the Falcons had a lot of fantasy relevant players that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it'll be interesting. This is obviously someone we can talk about throughout the summer because we will not see him on the field. But there are some kind of interesting running backs that got moved to. So no no huge names. Those were definitely the the biggest names on offense. But we have Chase Edmonds, Jeff Wilson as likely potential, you know, second guys, co-starters. Naheem Hines and Zach Moss as more backups, but, you know, maybe stashes if the starter goes down. So pardon the voice crack. And Chase Edmonds and Jeff Wilson, to me, are the uh, a, a little more interesting. So Chase Edmonds from the Dolphins to the Broncos. Jeff Wilson seemed like a 49ers guy, but he is now on the Dolphins. Maybe it's because McCaffrey threw caught and ran for a touchdown they're like thank you jeff but we're all set so Edmonds to the broncos jeff wilson to the dolphins how are you how are you kind of feeling about these guys because chase Edmonds was someone not involved jeff wilson was someone very involved what do you kind of take from you know their their roles that you see here yeah well like you said about mccaffrey he got three different kinds of touchdowns in one game yeah. Um, I don't think Jeff Wilson had a spot on that offense, to be honest. I, I was worried with McCaffrey. I said in the podcast that I wasn't sure if he was going to get the lion's share of the targets and, and rushes, but he is. Uh, so I think Jeff Wilson probably would have just been a straight-up drop if he hadn't got traded to the Dolphins. So I think that's an upgrade for him. As far as um, Chase Edmonds goes – Kind of a, a similar situation. You have a guy who was splitting backfield time with um, Raheem Mostert, and now he's getting traded to the Broncos, who would like to have a starting running back. They're forced to start Melvin, who they don't like because he fumbles so much. So I think he's going to be the instant one um, when he gets to the uh, the Broncos. Oh, you think you think definitely number one. Yeah, for sure. I think Edmonds gets there and he's instantly the one. So are you targeting him? Would you try and trade Satch? Maybe even pick him up. He might not be on rosters. Yeah, so I think I'm going to... You think he can beat out Latavius Murray? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah, so I think Latavius Murray is pretty much their one right now. I think he's definitely going to be the one. What I might do is I might wait for this first week. Because no one can learn a whole new offensive scheme and playbook in five McCaffrey. days. We saw yeah, that. Uh, other than other, yeah, other than McCaffrey, but he's like no, no. I'm I'm, I'm like, saying I'm saying even even him because remember he had like six fantasy points or something, and everyone's like freaking out. Yeah. And then he just had that game last week where he was the number one running back. Yeah, I mean he only I think rushed six times that week. Um, but yeah, so a similar situation. So I think maybe wait a week. Hope Chase Edmonds puts up like two points, three points, and then trade for him. Yeah, I like the I like the Edmonds one. I agree. Edmonds is definitely an upgrade seeing him on the Cardinals as a pass catching back. He is a good running back. I know he's small. He's he's not a big dude. And it's hard for him to be a lead running back. But I think on the Broncos, if if you want someone who's gonna dump the ball off, get 
get him with Russ because that offense has looked so bad. So I think he could rack up PPR points. And I agree for Jeff Wilson, I think, as someone who is an owner of Raheem Mustard, I am a little nervous of Jeff Wilson just because uh, Mostert's been been looking good. And Jeff Wilson comes in, that's just one more guy to compete with. But I think I think for him, he's just going to be in an annoying backfield. But I do, yeah, I, I do think Edmonds is an upgrade. So that's someone I think is worth rostering, especially if someone who owns him hasn't gotten anything out of him. And to finish yep. with the running back, so Naheem Hines to the Bills, Zach Moss to the Colts. So pretty much a, I would say, swap of where they're going. I think I see Naheem Hines as a, a strong pass catching running back, a good compliment to Taylor. Um, Zach Moss, vice versa, was not getting used at all. He will now be on the Colts. So I think it'll be very interesting to see if he falls into that Naheem Hines role, kind of what they do with him. But what are what are kind of your thoughts on these guys, you know, upgrade or downgrade for their new spots? Yeah, so basically the way I saw this was I'm not sure why the Colts traded away Naeem Hines, especially with Taylor not practicing. I mean, I know it was technically the day before the trades, and then the practice was the next day, but you got to know if your starting running back is is going to be practicing a day ahead of time. So I was kind of confused to see Naeem Hines traded away, and then the next day I see a tweet from Schefter saying that Taylor wasn't practicing. Mm-hmm. That was interesting for me. Um, on the flip side, Zach Moss is going from a team where he basically had zero value to being a potential starting running back this week if Taylor doesn't play. Yep. So I think massive upgrade for Zach Moss and pretty big downgrade for Naeem Hines. Yeah, I agree. It's just it's it's easy to have value when or it, it's easy to increase your value when you have none. So coming from Zach Moss, you know, being able to to come in and immediately have that that starting potential, I think, is good. And yeah, Naheem Hines, we've seen to be a good player. I think he is better than Zach Moss. So I think it'll be interesting to see him on the Bills, you know, kind of what he has. And yeah, like you said, Zach Moss is a good compliment. I think he's worth a pickup for a handcuff. And Naheem Hines, I, I think if you're a Devils, Devin Singletary owner, you're you're a little nervous because He's a good running back and the Bills don't really run the ball. So I do think this really diminishes Singletary's value because you just you didn't really know what you're going to get. But now if they're kind of splitting it and you throw in James Cook, I think it's I think it's tough to start any of these guys where Zach Moss, if Taylor's out, you can start them. Yeah, definitely. I, I think Zach Moss should fit in pretty nice. I don't know if he is as good as Naeem Hines is. I guess that's a, a decent debate. What do you think? Who do you think is like better? I think like, I think Hines is better, but I feel like Zach Moss is just always like kind of out of shape too. Like he's just kind of a beefy boy. <laughs> yeah, he does kind of look like he only runs on the field. I don't know what shape he's actually in, but I I know what you mean when you watch him play. Yeah, like Naheem uh, Hines, we've just we've seen him rip off those long runs. So I'm like, okay, he's good. Where Zach Moss, he just kind of like absorbs hits. Yeah, that's true. I think, oh man, because I I'm, I don't really feel like I've seen Zach Moss be a pass catcher that much. I mean, I could just be remembering it wrong, but did he get a lot of catches on the Bills? I don't think he did. No, not really. They just kind of used him as like an in between the tackles guy. So that's why I. 
Yeah, that that's why I'm not really sure how the Colts will use him because I feel like he's similar to JT. But e- even even if they're not going to use him as a starter, you're not you're not going to start him anyway. Just pick him up as a handcuff, I think. So that's kind of he he now has value. We're doing upgrade downgrade, not you know would you start this guy or or not. So I think he he has more value at least. Yeah, and, I can't be on that. Yeah, and so let's finish up with defense too. So we'll just kind of touch upon these, not you know super important, but big names. So we have Bradley Chubb from the Broncos to the Dolphins, probably the biggest name, a very talented player that Denver chose to part ways with. Um, hopefully they tank. I hate them so much. William Jackson to the Steelers, Roquan Smith to the Ravens. What what is you know just kind of to sum up? What is one name that you think you're drafting a defense or you're picking up a defense, Dolphins, Steelers, Ravens. What's one name where you see he's joined the team and you're like, oh, maybe I should snag that defense now. Any any difference makers? Yeah, probably Roquan Smith, I think is the, or, you know, probably Chubb too. I don't know. They're both good. I'm not super familiar with William Jackson. He he could be good. He, He I'm not 100% sure, but I definitely know Roquan Smith and Bradley Chubb are good. Yeah. Um, I was actually hoping that the Chargers would – I saw Bradley Chubb in trade, and I was really hoping when I clicked on the tweet it was going to be the Chubb. You have enough. <laughs> I mean, I, you can I always know, use more. I know there's injuries, but, yeah, I, I like uh, I like Roquan Smith too. I think the Ravens – the Ravens should have a good defense. I know they've let up a lot of points and everything, but they've – historically always been a strong defense they have some you know pretty scary names on that defensive line so i i really like that roquan smith one i think that being in that division where you have the browns you have the steelers i think they're they're a pretty good play so i i think worth the pickup but yeah like you said chubb chubb is a strong name dolphins d has just been abysmal though so i don't know if it's enough for me to be like oh yeah let me start them yeah i mean to be honest, aside from like a couple defenses, most defenses for me are a weekly basis. I think the only right. one that I have kind of left in there for better or worse was the Bills defense. Yep. But other than that, pretty much everything else has been just a wheelhouse for me and my other teams on just whatever whoever they're playing on the week. If it's a bad team, then, then throw them in there. Yeah. So it'll – yeah, it'll definitely depend on kind of how the teams do, too. I think out of these teams, only the Ravens and Dolphins will be contending Steelers. You know, good you got William Jackson, but I don't know if we'll see. But this is what we have for trade deadline, guys. Offense, defense, the impacts that we have. So we'll be uh, giving you guys a post on Instagram, you know, kind of summarizing this. But make sure to stay tuned to these for these players and how they affect everyone else and if it's Hawkinson or Hokinson. So let us know what you think and we'll be back soon. Thanks. And this extra point attempt will be the equivalent of a 48-yard field goal attempt.